Okay, um, our Bible reading today is Mark 13 for the whole chapter. And as he came out of the temple, one of his disciples said to him, Look, teacher, what wonderful stones and what wonderful buildings. And Jesus said to him, Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. And as he sat on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, Peter and James and John and Andrew asked him privately, Tell us, will these things be... When will these things be and what will be the sign when all these things are about to be accomplished? And Jesus began to say to them, See that no one leads you astray. Many will come in my name saying, I am he, and they will lead many astray. And when you hear of wars and rumours of wars, do not be alarmed. This must take place, but the end is not yet. For nation will rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom. There will be earthquakes in various places. There will be famines. These are but the beginning of the birth pains. But be on your guard, for they will deliver you over to councils, and you will be beaten in synagogues, and you will stand before governors and kings for my sake, to bear witness before them. And the gospel must first be proclaimed to all nations. And when they bring you to trial and deliver you over, do not be anxious beforehand what you are to say, but say whatever is given you in that hour. For it is not you who speak, but the Holy Spirit. And brother will deliver brother over to death, and the father his child. And children will rise against parents and have them put to death. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. But the one who endures to the end will be saved. But when you see the abomination of desolation standing where he ought not to be, let the reader understand, then let those who are in Judea flee to the mountains. Let the one who is on the housetop not go down, nor enter his house to take anything out. And let the one who is in the field not turn back to take his cloak. And alas, for women who are pregnant, And for those who are nursing infants in those days, pray that it may not happen in winter. For those days, in those days, there will be such tribulation as has not been seen, as has not been from the beginning of the creation that God created until now, and never will be. And if the Lord had not cut short the days, no human being would be saved. But for the sake of the elect whom he chose, He shortened the days. And then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ, or look, there he is, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. But be on guard. I have told you all things beforehand. But in those days, after the tribulation, The sun will be darkened, and the moon will not give its light, and the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers in the heavens will be shaken, and then they will see the Son of Man coming in clouds with great power and glory, and then he will send out the angels and gather his elect from the four winds, from the ends of the earth to the ends of heaven. From the fig tree learn its lesson. As soon as its branch becomes tender and puts out its leaves, you know that summer is near. 
So also when you see the things, these things taking place, you know that he is near at the very gates. Truly, I say to you, this generation will not pass away until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass away. But concerning that day or that hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. Be on guard, keep awake, for you do not know when the time will come. It is like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work, and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight, or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Morning, everyone. My name's Jared. I'm the pastor here. Uh, lovely to have you with us. Uh, welcome to everyone. Uh, will you join me as we pray? Father in heaven, we thank you that you are good and that you rule over this world that you have made. And we thank you that you sent your only son, the Lord Jesus Christ, to come and save us. And we thank you that you have given us your Holy Spirit to live in our hearts, to be in our midst. And uh, thank you that you have given us your word and that we uh, can read it and that we can understand what you're saying by your spirit. So, Lord, please help us this morning to hear what it is that you are teaching us uh, and to hear of how you are coming back, Jesus. And uh, Lord, help us to live in light of that reality. And we pray this in Jesus' name and for his glory. Amen. That was a long Bible reading. We don't normally have uh, ones that long. It's nice that it ends with stay awake. Uh, <laughs> so this is a long sermon. No, it's not, not particularly long. Um, but we, we, we're getting stuck into uh, this section of, of Mark. We've, we've been working our way through Mark and we've been seeing how Jesus is the king, the king who saves. And uh, just in this past section, there have been these run-ins Jesus has had with the groups like the Pharisees and the Sadducees, the religious elite, the Herodians, the political elite, all of these kind of groups uh, having, having at it at Jesus, trying to bring him down. And uh, there, there are lots of things happening in the temple. Um, there's been this uh, amazing, uh, we saw, this was a while ago now when, when I preached last, but uh, with this widow in the temple who gives all that she has into the offering box in contrast with these rich people who are just uh, throwing around lots and lots of money, but it's really not, not affecting them at all. And so it's really interesting that in this context, uh, the disciples get outside um, and with Jesus and they're outside the temple and they say, wow, look at that building. Isn't it amazing? Look at all of those stones and what wonderful buildings there are. Um, and we've just, we've just had Jesus been teaching uh, about how uh, the, the significance is, is in, not, not in, not in the, 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 the physical, uh, but, but, but in actually our hearts. And, and so it's, it's really quite surprising that the disciples would say that. Uh, but then Jesus says something that's even more surprising, that would really, really strike the people that he's speaking to, his disciples. He says these words in verse 2. Do you see these great buildings? There will not be left here one stone upon another that will not be thrown down. Imagine what that would have been like, standing outside the temple uh, the temple that was the, the rebuilt temple, there, there had been a temple there uh, many, many years ago that, that Solomon had built, but that had been destroyed. 
uh, and it had been rebuilt. And now Jesus is saying, this is all going to fade. This is all going to come down. There's not going to be one stone left upon another here. That's a huge claim. And it's a very striking claim. This, this, this temple, which was the center of, of religious life for the Jews, the center of, of, of where they, they went to, where they would offer their sacrifices, where, well, where they should have offered their sacrifices, sometimes they didn't, but, but it's where all of the religious life was to happen for them. All of their life, as they were to relate to God, um, predominantly happened in the temple. And Jesus is saying, that's all going to be done away with. Now, I want, I want to just draw out uh, something quickly about when the book of Mark was written. Uh, there, there are varying dates given for when Mark was written, some from the early 50s uh, in AD, which is Anno Domini, which is Latin, which not many of us use. I'm not very good at Latin, um, but that means in the year of our Lord. So Jesus was born and then AD is however many years in the year of our Lord following on from Jesus' birth. Um, so uh, that's, that's 50-ish is where some people date it. Uh, most scholars date Mark before AD 65. Uh, so that's, that's, that's just to give you an idea. That's about 30, uh, 35 or so years after Jesus died so, and, and then rose again. So Mark being written in AD 65, uh, that's, that's a generally accepted date uh, to just bear that in mind. And this passage here tells us about the destruction of the temple. The destruction of the temple that historians unanimously attest to happened in AD 70. So if you think about that for a second, Jesus is saying something here, which Mark wrote down in AD 65, possibly earlier, that then came and happened in AD 70, exactly as Jesus said. When I was thinking about that this week, I was like, wow, that's mind-blowing, isn't it? That God in his word has given us an authoritative prophecy of what will happen and then in history, we have attested to that it did happen, as Jesus said. Now, why, why am I talking about that? Um, this is not just to, for us to nerd out and have a fun time geeking out about her Bible dates. But no, this is an important principle here. If Jesus is right uh, in prophesying about this before it happened, we can have great confidence and trust in Jesus and what he says. And the, what Jesus says here is not only, he doesn't only talk about the destruction of the temple here, he also talks about his return. And see, it's kind of interweaved in this passage. It kind of goes uh, temple, destruction, uh, Jesus' return, temple, destruction, Jesus' return. It's interweaved as he, as he prophesies these things. And so, when we read this, we can have great confidence that Jesus is telling us the truth. When he says that the Son of Man is coming on the clouds of glory, he is telling the truth. This same Jesus who can tell, tell the people then what's going to happen in time to the destruction of the temple, which would have just seemed absolutely crazy, and it happened, is the same Jesus who can tell us authoritatively that he's coming back and he's gathering his people in and he's going to judge the world in righteousness and, and in perfect as the perfect king. So that gives us wonderful confidence in Jesus. It gives us wonderful confidence in his word. It gives us uh, assurance that he is coming. He hasn't forgotten about us. Uh, we, we're sitting in 21st century in High Wycombe, but Jesus is on the throne as we were just singing about, and he is coming back. He has said it, and he will keep true to his word. So uh, just diving in a bit more into that destruction of the temple to explain a few things that were going on there will be helpful. And then we'll talk a bit more about how that relates to, to us now in light of Jesus' return. So we'll start by talking about 
the destruction of the temple. So there was a Roman siege on Jerusalem in AD 70. And now the Romans, uh, they were very good at being very bad. That's, that's probably how I'd put it. Um, they, 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 they sieged the city. They blocked it off. They, they let people come in because it was around Passover time. So they were like, yeah, come celebrate Passover. Absolutely. But they wouldn't let anyone out. Um, they also wouldn't let any food in or any water. So they really kind of locked the people in and, and lots of people died. Famines, as Jesus proclaimed here, would come. There was a famine there. Um, they, they also, uh, they, they, they massacred people. Um, they, they just killed lots of people. They set parts of the temple on fire. Um, there's a there's a guy uh, called Titus, and um, he was a Roman ruler, uh, and and he did horrific, unspeakable things in inside the temple. Uh, they set up images, offered sacrifices to idols, uh, desecrated the temple, the the holy of holies. Um, so, uh, which is where the the abomination of desolation ought not to be. Um, that bit there that where Mark says, let the reader understand, and we're all thinking, I've got no idea what that means. Um, that's actually a reference back to Daniel. And so in the Old Testament, uh, there's, a, there's a prophecy about the abomination of desolation. Uh, and, and, and it talks about uh, essentially something happening in the temple that should not happen. Um, and so in, in, in between the Testaments, uh, there was this guy, Antiochus Epiphanes IV, and um, I'm trying to remember exactly the story, but essentially there was a time where this, this guy came into the temple, sacrificed a pig on the altar and started worshipping Zeus, which is definitely not what the temple should be for. And, um, it, and that, is, that is essentially what the abomination of desolation was back then. And so now we have another abomination of desolation now where we've got the Romans coming in, uh, making uh, their own uh, evil acts in there, committing uh, uh, sexual immorality, uh, worshipping idols, doing all kinds of evil stuff. And so, they ultimately destroy the temple. Uh, they, they, they do that, and, and the disciples, uh, listening to what Jesus had said, many of them had already fled um, and were not there when, when that happened. And so, that's, that's interesting because uh, we see how listening to Jesus and his prophecy provides uh, safety and protection uh, when the judgment comes. And the same is true for us today. So there's those bits about uh, the praying that it doesn't happen in winter, um, talking about how it's going to be difficult for, for nursing mothers and pregnant women. And, and that's because for a lot of these people, they desperately needed to escape and to get out of there. But, um, but if they didn't heed Jesus' warning, then it was too late to escape. And similarly, if we don't heed Jesus' warning of the coming judgment, It'll be too late when he comes in judgment. So we need to come to terms with Jesus now. So Jesus uh, has told us that he is coming back. He, he tells us that he is the, the son of man coming in the clouds with power and glory. And so we need to know that Jesus is returning. Um, I meet people who, 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 when you talk to them, they just think, Oh, no, they, they, they don't have any concept of, of Jesus returning. But Jesus is coming back. As, as we spoke about, uh, Jesus prophesied the destruction of the temple. It happened as he said. Jesus has prophesied his return. It's going to happen as he said. And so we need to, we need to know that Jesus is coming back. If, if any of us didn't know that, I hope you know that now. Jesus is indeed coming back. But we need to not only know that the king is on his way back, but we need to know the king himself. 
We need to not only know that the king is on his way, but we need to know the king. So that when Jesus the king comes, we are not under his judgment, but rather gathered into his kingdom. Because the difference is whether we know Jesus or not. It all hinges on Jesus. It's not like we can work our way into being right with him or we can uh, just be, be a good person and hope that we're going to get into his kingdom. What makes the difference, not that any of us could do that, what makes the difference is, do we know Jesus? Do you know the, the Jesus who is the king? Mark's been talking about the king, the king who saves the whole time throughout this book. And Jesus is that king. And we need to know him know him personally. And so we need to be ready. Jesus says uh, multiple times throughout this passage, be ready, stay awake, be on guard, stay awake, be ready. Uh, And so he wants us to get that message. (laughs) He's said that so many times. Uh, We need to heed his words. Uh, They needed to be ready for the judgment that was going to happen in AD 70. We need to be ready for the judgment that's going to come. Either we're going to be gathered into Jesus' kingdom as the king returns or we're going to be under his judgment. And he's going to gather his chosen people to himself. So how how can we know Jesus? How can we know Jesus? Um, And so the first and foremost thing is we need to turn and trust him. Jesus, at the beginning of Mark's gospel, says, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Repent and believe in the gospel. He's saying, God's kingdom is coming to earth. Turn, that's what repent means, turn away from living life your way and turn to Jesus Christ and put your trust in him, the king. Believe in the gospel and gospel is massive news. It's like the news that that a herald would bring back from the the front lines of a war to say that victory had, had been won. Jesus is saying that his arrival is gospel. It is massive news and we need to believe in that news that news that Jesus Christ has come to take our death on the cross in our place. And so we have this amazing uh, gospel and a very clear way of us for, to, to know Jesus is to turn away from doing things our way, to trust in Jesus and be saved. Uh, that, that, that's, that's how it works, trust alone in Jesus. Now, there are lots of uh, things and implications as, as we live our life for Jesus uh, that we see throughout this passage uh, as people bring things, as people, uh, things happen, as, as, as different people rise and fall, um, how do we hold on to Jesus, um, knowing that Jesus is holding on to us? So there are a few different principles here that we see that I want to draw our attention to. First one is, beware of false Christs and false teachers. Jesus says that there are going to be people uh, who, who are saying, look, here is the Christ. This is in verse 21. Or look, there he is. He says, do not believe it. For false Christs and false prophets will arise and perform signs and wonders to lead astray, if possible, the elect. So I want to think about that first. False Christs and false prophets. People will even do things that are signs and wonders, um, but they won't be Jesus. There will be all of these people who are trying to gather a following for themselves, trying to uh, get people to, to follow them in contrast to following Jesus. There will be lots of people who want to to get the acclaim for themselves. Because uh, as humans, we don't like the idea of someone else being king over the kingdom. We want to be king over the kingdom. That's essentially what sin is. Um, and that's what these false Christs and false teachers are after. They want the acclaim that belongs to the king. Uh, and so 
Jesus is telling us, don't believe that. When, when, you, when you see those people rising up doing those things, don't go after them. Uh, I find it a great comfort that Jesus says that, that it's going to be abundantly clear when he is returning, you know, the, the whole heavens are going to be lit up and it's not going to be, there's not going to be, oh, is that Jesus? I'm not sure. No, you know, you don't have to worry about that. Uh, it's going to be abundantly clear when Jesus returns that it really is him. And so when we see these, uh, these people rising up, we mustn't get impatient and think, oh, you know, it's been a while. Let's, let's just go along with one of them. No, no. Remember that Jesus the real king, he is coming back and he loves us and he's got us safe and sound and he will bring us in uh, into his kingdom uh, when he returns. So beware of false Christs and false teachers. So you see lots of, lots of people going and teaching their own agenda, people compromising things that God has said, uh, people trying to please people rather than pleasing God, people uh, saying things that don't stack up with God's word. But we need to hold fast to Jesus and, and hold fast to what he said to us. And so that's, that's how, we, how we measure what people say. If people say to us, oh, this uh, such and such, well, we look back in God's word and we see, is that right or is it wrong? And then we, we discern based on what God has revealed to us. That's the first thing I would, I would say that we want to we identify there. Another thing is Jesus says that, and the gospel must first be preached to all nations. So when you remember that the king is coming back and that only those who know the king are going to be in his kingdom, that gives us an urgency to telling other people about this king because they need to know this king in order to be in his kingdom. If they don't know this king, they're going to be under his judgment. We don't want them to be like the people in AD 70 who were caught off guard, who were under judgment, who, who got destroyed. We want, and, and this is going to be a far infinitely greater judgment that's coming. No, we want everyone to know Jesus. We want everyone to, to know the king and be in his kingdom. That's what we want for the people out there. That's why we do things like the evangelism ministry and all of these other ministries like playgroup and, and, and so on that are trying to reach out to our dying world with the hope of Jesus Christ, our King. And so, um, for all of us, uh, we, we, need to, we need to remember this, this King, is, it, He is the one who makes the difference between us being in the kingdom and not. And so, while we might have friends out there who are, who are really nice people, they need to know Jesus the King. They need to know Him. And we want to hold out that hope we have to them. And it's also a hope that we are to hold out no matter what trials may come. Uh, it's becoming increasingly more difficult to be a Christian in our Western world, as I'm sure you are aware of. Um, I hope. <laughs> uh, there, there, there's, there's a lot of pushback that people have against the, the fundamentals of Christianity. The idea that we are sinful, that, we have, that there's something wrong with us, our world hates that idea. Uh, the idea that we need a savior, our world is not on board with that kind of message. Um, or even the idea that Jesus, he is the king and I'm not the ultimate ruler of myself. Our world does not like that idea. It's becoming increasingly more and more difficult to be a Christian, uh, to, 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 to stand firm. And as we do that, uh, Jesus is calling us to stand firm no matter what. It doesn't matter what persecution comes. He's saying you need to stand firm and persevere as one of the king's people. 
Now that can that can absolutely be scary and terrifying. And we look around at what we look at what the apostles went through. We look at our brothers and sisters in other parts of the world who are being persecuted and murdered for their faith in Jesus. And we go, wow, that is that is a high calling that Jesus has given us. But it's not impossible. And why is it not impossible? It's because he is with us. As he told the apostles, uh, the Holy Spirit is with them, giving them the words to say. He promises when he, when he sends out uh, all of us to preach the gospel that he is with us by his spirit. He hasn't left us to do this by ourselves. He has given us his spirit with us. And so we are not left alone. And brothers and sisters, we also have the great confidence that we know the king who's in charge of everything. You know, we, we look around and we see uh, kingdoms and uh, governments and things, doing things that oppose God and, and the gospel, uh, trying to stop people from, from being Christians, trying to stop people from following Christ and witnessing to him. But we know that the ultimate king who sits above all of these is the Lord Jesus and he reigns supreme. And so in the midst of whatever trials we come up against, even if it means death, even if it means torture, we know that Jesus is the king. We know that we're safe in him. And we know that at the end, we will be vindicated because we will be in him. We know that we will be judged righteous, not because we're righteous, but because he's righteous and he died for us. So we keep persevering in Jesus. Uh, and along those same lines, uh, it says here in verse 23, um, is that the one I'm looking for? No. Uh, I'll find it in a minute. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Um, I will find it in a minute. But he says in here somewhere, the one who endures to the end will be saved. If anyone finds that, I'll get you a chocolate. <laughs> um, but he says that and he tells us to keep going, essentially. Um, we, we know that... Oh, sorry. Someone said it? 13. 13. Fantastic. All right, let's, let's go there. Yes, 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 yes. Wonderful. Yeah. And you will be hated by all for my name's sake. So that's kind of what we were just addressing. And now, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. Uh, it's not to say that we kind of work our way into being saved because we stick around and we keep that up. No, 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 no. It's saying that by enduring to be saved, we reveal that we really are God's chosen people uh, and that, he, that we really are in his kingdom. And so uh, Jesus has told us that there would be these challenging times. Uh, you know, like if, 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 you, if, you, if you were driving somewhere and um, there was a massive sinkhole in the road up ahead and um, you met some people, they were driving the other way, they'd obviously seen the sinkhole um, and they just kind of like, hey guys, they just wave at you, they're smiling and um, say, so, yeah, have a great trip, yeah, you do great and, and they know that the sinkhole's coming and yeah, thank you Sam, Sam just illustrated it for me <laughs> and you land in the sinkhole, you're going to feel like, what, why, why would you guys do that, that's horrible, I mean, you'll probably die but you, you if, You'd be like, why? What, what, what a horrible thing to do, to not, to not tell them. Jesus hasn't just left us in the dark about what's coming. He said, no, no, there are going to be challenges. He's warned us ahead of time. So we, we, we don't have any reason to have 
uh, discouragement in the face of those trials. In fact, we should be uh, encouraged knowing that, yeah, this is all happening as Jesus said. Jesus is trustworthy. Uh, the same Jesus who prophesied the destruction of the temple and it happened is the same Jesus who prophesied these difficulties and they're happening. And this is the same Jesus who prophesied that he's coming back and he's going to make everything right. And that will happen too. So we have great confidence to keep going, to keep persevering, to keep putting one foot in front of the other in the power of the Spirit every day. Another thing here that, that we need to, need to take heed of is uh, Jesus saying uh, not, uh, that it's not for us to know when he's coming back. Uh, he says, uh, no one, but this is verse 32, but concerning that day or that hour, referring to his return, no one knows not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. And then he says, be on guard. Uh, I think a lot of, a lot of uh, commentators on the Bible agree that, that Jesus in his uh, glorified state after his death and his resurrection and his ascension now does know that. Um, but in his uh, humanity, as he, as he limited himself here, he, he didn't know that. Um, and so it's not for us to know. Uh, it's not for us to know the, the date, uh, to, to try and guess when Jesus' return is going to be. Uh, there have been plenty of people who've said, Jesus is going to return in 1978. Jesus is going to return in 1979. There's, uh, and, and, and so on and so on. Um, and then, you know, our calculations were wrong, so we revised the prediction and, and so on. And you may have come across um, that. But Jesus isn't asking us to, to work out when he's returning. He's asking us to live as though he's returning every single day. Because if you imagine, if we did know, let's say we knew that Jesus is coming back next Friday. Some people, and let's say we'd known that for a hundred years. A lot of people would have just been like, oh, I'll kick back, do whatever I want. I'm not going to really live like Jesus is coming back. I'll just come back at the end, like right before he returns. But no, Jesus hasn't set it up that way. He's deliberately made it so that we live every day, every moment, every second in anticipation of his return. Knowing that Jesus will come at any moment. Uh, we, we are in the last days. The fact that Jesus has come, that he has brought his kingdom, uh, and, and we're waiting the fulfillment of that, uh, puts us in the last days. We, ever, ever since you know, Jesus' death, resurrection, ascension, until his return, that kind of category of time in, 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 in the calendar is the last days. So just like the, the guys back in, in the first hundred years following Christ, uh, they were living in the last days, we're living in the last days too. And none of us know the exact date that Jesus is coming back. None of us know when he's coming, but we do know that he is coming. And so that, that means that we live every day for him, every day in anticipation of his return. Uh, not thinking that well, we'll, we'll just come back to him later. Uh, this, is a, this is an important warning for us not, not to play games with sin. Uh, sin is obviously, as we were talking about, rebellion against the king, uh, trying to rule our lives ourselves, trying to choose what we want to do um, and not uh, acknowledging Jesus. Um, we mustn't play games with sin. Jesus is coming back and, um, and we can't say, oh, well, I'll go do my own thing and then I'll come back to him later. No, no, no. Jesus is coming back and his return is imminent. He, he is coming and we are to live every day in anticipation of his return. And he has prophesied that it will happen. And Jesus' words are trustworthy and true. And so he will come back at any time. Um, and so I think a helpful question for us would be, uh, would I want to be 
say watching this movie or playing this game, saying that thing, thinking that thought, um, persisting in, uh, in, in going to some, this particular website, whatever it is, when Jesus returns. What do I want to be doing when Jesus returns? Uh, because Jesus is coming back. And, uh, and, and, and so we need to constantly be uh, repenting of our sin and, and trusting that, that he, he has us secure to the end. Uh, I, how many people have seen Johnny English? I'm talking about the first one. Yeah, okay, cool. I think it's the first one. I'm pretty sure it is, yeah. Um, there's this scene where there's this priest and there's this imposter priest and the guy has a tattoo. I'm not going to say where. Um, and his tattoo says, Jesus is coming, look busy. Um, and, and that's how I think they distinguish between the imposter and the real priest. Anyway, I can't remember which one has a tattoo. I think it, <laughs> I, there might be a plot twist in there that I don't want to just destroy for you if you're going to watch that movie. But the guy has tattooed, Jesus is coming, look busy. And I was thinking about that this week and I was like, oh man, that's just completely the wrong idea, isn't it? Jesus is coming, that bit's right. But look busy? No, no. Jesus, who can, who can see through everything right to our hearts, he's not going to be fooled by us just trying to look like we're doing stuff like, oh yeah, hey Jesus, look, I'm, I'm doing lots of good stuff or whatever. No, he sees right through into our hearts. You know, Jesus, who can see the future and who can make pronouncements of things that are going to happen before they happen, uh, isn't fooled by any of our uh, outward displays of religion and all that kind of stuff. So Jesus is coming, stay awake. That's the biblical way. Not Jesus is coming, look busy, but Jesus is coming, stay awake, be on guard, be ready for his return. Live in anticipation of him coming back. Be excited about Jesus' return. Not just, not just uh, begrudgingly thinking, oh, well, yeah, I guess then one day we'll go. No, it's wonderful. Jesus is coming to gather us in, to bring us into his kingdom. And we have great uh, excitement and joy over that reality. Because when the king returns and when he brings his people into his kingdom, we're not going to be plagued by the same things that plague us here. There's not going to be the same kind of trials and, and things up there. There's not going to be our sin. Uh, there's not going to be suffering. There's not going to be sadness. There's not going to be any of those things because we will be with the king in his kingdom and everything will be as it ought to be. And that's just a beautiful thing, a wonderful reality that we have this secure hope to look forward to. So Jesus is coming, stay awake. Uh, he says, it's like a man, this is in 34, uh, it's like a man going on a journey when he leaves home and puts his servants in charge, each with his work and commands the doorkeeper to stay awake. Therefore, stay awake, for you do not know when the master of the house will come, in the evening or at midnight or when the rooster crows or in the morning, lest he come suddenly and find you asleep. And what I say to you, I say to all, stay awake. Jesus is not commanding us to take some insomnia pills and try and like keep out and get the matchsticks out and never, never go to sleep. Elsewhere in the Bible, uh, God says that he provides his, his people, his children with sleep. It's a good gift from God. But this is talking about in terms of our spiritual life, we need to be constantly awake. Uh, not, not, not living a life of, of just persisting in sin or, or rejection of Jesus, but constantly alert and ready for Jesus to come back. Ready and excited and, and, and looking forward to that reality. So we need to ask ourselves, do I know the King? 
do I know King Jesus? Because remember, he, he's the one who makes the difference. We, we, we can't work our way into his kingdom. We can't kind of fudge our way in or make it, you know, watch this hand and do something else with this hand. No, Jesus sees through it all. He's a perfect judge, the perfect king. He's going to judge in fairness and righteousness. And so we need to know him. We need to know him and know him personally. And, and, and that means turning from our sin and trusting him as our savior. It also means we, we, as we know this king, uh, it's, it, it reveals when we, when we think about our relationship with him, when you think about your relationship with anyone, we talk to people and we listen to them. There wouldn't be too much of a relationship if you ignored them the whole time. Um, so we want to talk to Jesus. We want to be praying to him, uh, talking to him, and we want to be listening to him, uh, reading our Bibles, hearing what he's saying to us, trusting him and his word. And then we want to make sure that we are testing everything out there to make sure whether it's stacking up with Jesus and what he says or whether it isn't. We want to be making sure that the gospel is going out to all nations, that we aren't playing games with sin, that we aren't trying to get caught up in, in, in guessing the date and forgetting the significance of the date, um, but living in anticipation of Jesus' return and then persevering to the end, keeping on going, even though it's difficult, even though there will be challenges, knowing that Jesus is the king, he is on the throne, and he is coming back. Let's stay awake. Please pray with me. Lord Jesus, we thank you that you are the king and that you are on the throne and that you are coming back. We thank you that you prophesy things before they happen, that you know the future and that you've planned everything and that you are the king who rules over all. So Lord, we are greatly encouraged by the reality that you are in control and that you are the king over all. And we put all of our trust in you. Lord, we turn away from uh, the things that uh, there's the, any sin in our lives, any weight that clings uh, so closely. We give it all over to you and we trust you, Jesus. Uh, help us, Lord, to live every day uh, looking forward to your return in great anticipation of that coming home that that will be for us. And we pray this in your name, Jesus, and for your glory. Amen.